This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Hey y'all, what's up? It's your boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, coming to you straight, live and direct from the Jungle Studios. Well, anyway, just woke up from about a two hour nap after a long brunch, feeling a little bit tired, so to get through the sesh. Ah, cheers. Oh my god, I'm actually covered in beer now, but anyway, such things happened. Mr. Philly, what's up, bro? How you going, man? Uh, good morning, I'll be on the accident. It's going okay. I just hooked up myself, but I'm a couple hours behind you, so. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> a little bit more fair enough for you kind of waking up <laughs> at a half decent hour, mate. But, um, yeah, we were actually supposed to launch our YouTube channel, but I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I just, I just didn't have the energy to do it. So next week we'll lock it in. We'll figure out all the tech stuff and, uh, yeah, launch it simultaneously. Because I, I, I don't know about you, but ironically, I've just realised I listen to a couple of podcasts, but I watch it on YouTube instead. Do you have that? Or you listen to all your podcasts just straight listening style? I'm lazy. God did give it to us for the day of rest, mate. So, yeah, you know, I was in my prayers this morning, buddy. I said, thank you, God, for a day off, you legend. Um, all right, well, interesting news happened this week. And to be honest to our listeners, it's actually a bit of stalling tactics because I forgot to look up all the news articles. So whilst Mr. Philly talks about it, old uh, LA is going to be just winging it. But Facebook, well, now known as Meta, stock price dropped 26.6%. Uh, and the reasoning behind it were two things. One, because TikTok, you know, among, I guess, sort of the young millennials and the short videos have sort of taken over. And Apple uh, changed over their format with allowing the information that can be used and shared and everything like that. So I read somewhere else that old Zucks lost about over $40 billion. So what's your what's your take on the whole Facebook? I mean, you know, do you like it? Do you think the business model's good? I was reading about the meta, meta universe, how there's now this huge speculation of people buying properties in the virtual world. And some are paying like real money, you know, like up to half a million bucks or more for prime real estate, and there's even a lady out of Sydney in Australia who set up a real estate business selling, uh, selling like, basically digital land. So, yeah, what's your thoughts on Facebook, and would you buy some land in the metaverse? I, I, I could be wrong, you know, I think in 20, 30 years, we're all going to be living in the metaverse. We're going to be like uh, Ready Player One in our real lives. are going to be so horrible that we just have to see something 
is like the Soviet gulag <laughs> for people that don't understand. But um, what the other thing about TikTok is the security risk because it's it, it is it it's a Chinese based company and under Chinese law they have to share all the information with uh, not only the Chinese government but the People's Liberation Army, the PLA. Um, and this is not this is not like you know, putting on your Republican Trump hat or whatever it is. This is like clear, clear fact. You know, it's just it is what it is. It's the every company is based in China and everything like that. So it is, it's a, it's a it's a it's a sovereignty risk um, as well. So and 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 it's the same thing. Like we have just basically handed over all information. I had it last night. Right, I was talking to my buddy um, in London, and his wife is uh, Iranian heritage. And we were just, she was just telling me about Iran and her family and growing up there, and you know, like she remembered it as a kid the Iraq Iran war, even as a baby, how it impacted her and everything like that. Right, and then on my YouTube, I swear to God, straight afterwards. On my YouTube was an, a, an Iranian comedian, an American Iranian comedian. Straight after, I sent the bloke the I sent my mate the link. I said this just goes to show you how clearly we're being read because I've never in my life looked up Iranian comedy, and now that they've had a we've had a conversation through uh, through WhatsApp, right? Like bam, 
there you go. So, kind of crazy. Um, speaking, uh, my, my view on it is, uh, I think, I think it's the, the positive of the Facebook or the Instagram um, is the ability to, two things. A, like keep in contact if you're overseas or if you've got friends overseas. So like my friend um, Joe Tracks in Houston, you know, it's like a good good way for us on, on the daily to, to kind of keep in contact and share music and everything like that. It's cool to um, be able to also connect with people that are your mentors, like... There's a guy that runs a radio show called Sway. It's got Sway's Universe. This is his radio show in the States. So it's cool to occasionally sort of be able to talk to him about his shows and who he's had on and, and, and kind of connect with people that are your inspiration. I think that's a positive side. Um, and I don't know if it's an age thing or because um, I was having this discussion with my friend. I, I grew up for a significant period in my life where we were on Nokia 3310s. You know what I mean? And playing Snake. So by the time that the smartphones really had an impact um, per se, I was like, well, probably like your age. Like I was like well into my 20s. And so now at 36, I'm starting to see more and more how it's impacted uh, people and society. And in um, in particular, females and how... feminism has changed and their perception of beauty has changed and the interaction with men have changed and their interaction with society, but also the huge mental health implications of, um, A, are they beautiful because they're in comparison all the time, but then B, it's like their whole entire life becomes posing and justifying and how good is my life and then it's even more insane now because there's all the filters that they're putting on and everything like that um and it's also now uh, as i was actually chatting to my, my mate yesterday maddie bell on it the whole rise of influencers how many people are freaking influencers my buddy owns a cafe in perth it's a population of two million people it's one of the most isolated cities in the world right and he's got people coming into his cafe he said you'd be surprised how often saying oh but i'm an influencer give me a free meal and he's like how much money am i going to make off you by posting it right that i'm not making already so i don't know the the more the more i learned about it the more i'm leaning towards like they're like the old uh standard oil barons you know there's too much power within the space of a handful of people um, and I think that originally, like, I, I applauded the entrepreneurship, but now it's too much, like you said, it's too much of an invasion in life. And I really think that it's fucking up the young generation, bro. I really think that, like, mentally it's really fucking them up. And, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't be such a bad thing if it, if it almost switched off for a while, you know? Like, we've discussed this before. Like, I actually think it wouldn't be such a bad thing if, like, the internet got shut down for a couple of weeks just to let people realise what life was like without it. Uh, now it's a little bit more of a, a sinister thing, right? Um, a pedophile... Look, so the, the, the article says pedophile dwarf, but I think you're supposed to call them little people or something now, right? But 
Anyway, he, he, a pedophile dwarf slash little person spared jail because he is too short. He was arrested after he contacted two children on Facebook and asked them for sex and naked pictures. Uh, he's 26 and he approached a 13 and a 15 year old on F Facebook. And then when the police arrested Bowen for these messages, they found even more. Uh, the judge who presided over Bowen's sentencing described the man as small in stature and emotionally inadequate. He also said Bowen would have a very hard time in prison. He said that Bowen was learning difficulties and wanted to special school was trying to live out some sort of fantasy. For these reasons, Judge Rowland decided to spend, suspend Bowen's 48-week prison sentence and instead was given a rehabilitation order. Uh, he'll still be a registered sex offender. But he's writing physical things to them like, fit as fuck and I want to be your boyfriend and... I'll fuck you for your birthday present, and do you wanna, do you wanna, do you wanna fuck and that sort of stuff? That's just ridiculous. That's the most fucking ridiculous thing I've heard. Like because what? Because you're a shorter stature, you can just be a complete another disgrace of a human being. I mean, this is where I'm gonna get a little bit controversial because I think I think pedophiles, you should just put a bullet in their head, bro. Like, castrate them and put a bullet in their head, mate. I just got no time for them once they proved completely guilty. But, I mean, how ridiculous is that law that it's not applying because he's too small to go to prison, basically? I think what's ridiculous is that like 48 weeks. Are you nuts? That's what, that's what they were going to give him, and that's what they, they gave him a pass on. I, I agree with you. I, I, find, I find the... It looks like he was trying to, it looks like he was trying to meet up. But the judge said he was, he was living out a warped fantasy. Wales. Oh, Wales, yeah. But the other thing I think is, 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 is
don't know how the prisons are in, in the UK, but I know in the US, they're probably the same everywhere. But I always heard that if you go in for pedophilia, you do get around in prison that you're a pedophile, who taking the town. Simon is Simon is Simon Australia, mate. Well, that the thing is, a lot of those a lot of those guys in prison were, you know, molested as kids. You know, like and a lot of them, that's like abuse and molested, and that's part of the reason that set them on the wrong track. You know, so. Having said, what you were talking about before was the fact that, um, I mean, America's got, like, a huge prison population. Actually, let me Google. Like, it's, it's like 2 million people or something, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of money to be made by the prisons. We want them to be full. Companies make money, and those companies Depends, mate, because if they, that, and this is like, Bill Clinton was the one that put it in, that three strikes, you're out. So you can get three minor misdemeanors on dealing like a bit of weed, you know, and, and you're in the slammer for life. That's fair enough. That's more than anything. I would say twice. One free pass, got caught, you. No, I disagree, because I, I think that it has to be basis on what it is that you're actually doing. If I've built like, two grams of weed and I'm still in a couple of baggies and I've been pulled over three times wherever I am, then it's it's nothing in comparison to, I don't know, someone robbing a federal bank for $10 million or whatever it is, you know, with armed pistols and shotguns. Yeah, a little slap on the wrist and don't do it again. Two million people in, in America and in, in prison in the States, a 500% increase in 400 years. But like you said, bro, it's a business. I was, I forgot, because I'm really, in, as you know, I'm really into my blues music. And um, I forgot who I was, like a famous blues musician. I was reading about where they came from in uh, Mississippi, and there was another one to Louisiana. And obviously, like, the guys used to come from the old areas where there was, like, the big cotton farms and, and everything like that. And... Um, you kind of read about these small towns now, and it's like that's what employs them, casinos and prisons. So it's like these small towns, it's literally the prison that like keeps everyone there employed. If, it, if the prison goes away, then the town shuts down. 
you know. So it's a huge money earner for everyone. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, I also think that it's kind of just crazy because there is no rehabilitation. Like, as soon as you come out, you know, you can't get work, you can't get the same jobs you can because you've got a record, you can't travel because you've got a record, you know. Even coming into Australia, you're declaring it with a record. I forgot who it was. It was someone like Snoop Dogg or someone like that. There was some celebrity that was coming into Australia and there was a huge issue like a decade ago because they had some like, they had done some time for something or they had some record for something and it was causing all sorts of issues. You know, it's like you should have university degrees and they should be teaching them carpentry and everything like that. And, you know, they should have businesses set up for when they come out to, you know, go into business and, you know, maybe some, maybe have some um, banks that are giving like certain interest rates for crims, you know what I mean? Former crims, like you come out and you know carpentry. So it's like, all right, well, we'll give you a 2% interest rate to go buy a truck and, you know, we'll set it up with, uh, you know, doing some contracts for, I don't know, like local council work or something like that, you know what I mean? But it's not, it's just... Because there's so much money involved, they just want you back into the system to do it all over again. Now, I read today that apparently um, this GameStop thing is still going on. So, <laughs> so people still think that there's going to be a huge squeeze at, like, September this year. Uh, and people are still punting that it's going to go to, like, you know, just enormous amount of money, the shares. So what do you think, mate? Is it not just another bubble being brewed, this GameStop again? Personally, I wouldn't touch it. I think the first time it happened, it was a valid uh, find, right? Some guy went and saw that the stock was overly shorted, that people were shorting actual shares that weren't even there, and they were taking that risk. Look at how they love to do that, right? You think that put into your account that you want to short something, they would check to make sure the outstanding share amount is actually enough to be covered, but no, they didn't do that. So the guy who figured that out the first time, which is when we saw that first huge jump initially, a year ago or two years ago, whenever it was, I can't remember now, um, that was okay, right? If you were one of the first people who got in on that, that's understandable, that's an understandable strategy. Why? Where, unless they're giving data again to show that there's still an over-short position in GameStop, um, and maybe you want to gamble on that, okay. But otherwise, wouldn't touch it. I think too many investment things now have turned into such a such a fad, and um, like a, I'm trying to find the right word. Not not a fad, but more like a a, a, a cultural movement or or. A lot of people who don't know what they're doing are getting stuff into the hype. And they think that they can make money fast because they saw a handful of people who got really lucky do it as well, right? Like, people, look at people who bought into crypto, right? Because crypto had such a good run last year and the year before, and it's completely collapsed now. So, and why do they buy into it, right? Because they, they see other people doing it, they get excited, they think this must be a good idea. Um, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to turn five grand into fifty grand. And look, to be fair and to let all of the listeners know where I come from, I put money into crypto as a joke. But I had in the back of my mind that there's a lot of people out there who would do this 
as a joke, and that could drive the price up if you get in early. But you must joke investment. I have zero faith that I'm going to earn any money in that investment. So if you have money, you want to kind of throw at something like a couple hundred bucks or grand, and you're like, yeah, okay, you know, if, it, if it works out, it works out. I won't lose sleep over Go ahead. Take a part. But to take a sipping on it, I wouldn't touch it because it's, it's being influenced by, now it's not only being influenced by Wall Streeters, right? It's being influenced by people, like normal people. Have so many, which is fine, right? I think that's okay. I think it's not fair that you know the guys from Wall Street are able to do what they do in terms of manipulating stock prices. But now things are so volatile because everybody's trying to do it, and now you have normal people trying to get together a mob of investors to change the stock price or put a squeeze on something. And, and if you get caught up in the crowd, you pretty much have to play on teams now. If you try to play on the normal person team, I think it's much easier to lose than playing on the Wall Street team. The Wall Street team is the government and regulation. And you see what they do if the stock goes too crazy. The, the exchange. Oh, Robin Hood. Robin Hood that yeah. just stopped the trade. That was the biggest disgrace ever, mate. That was so shit. How they've just gone, oh, our buddies, our buddies are taking a hit. We're going to just stop it. It's not just that. That was the most known one because of Robin Hood. If I open up my first stock account in the U.S., I, there was no stuff. There was no, there's nothing like that, right? I had to go to a broker and open up a brokerage account. And that, there was no app. It was so readily accessible. It's a great thing, right? Um, so now, you know, obviously there's a lot more money floating around. More people got in it. And, and I think they just weren't, weren't ready for what that could be. In terms of you know, people actually them at their own game in some cases, right? All the friends of the guy, the guys who are the Robin Hood, those guys could not have it. When they probably saw that, they probably got so excited to see bonds getting this path. Who you know, we can kind of push them to investment. We're going to make money, and they're going to hold it back when everything falls apart. But then they got played, right? It doesn't happen often, but it happened in this case. They got played hard, and then of course they call in all their favors. And the same thing happened, I think, when Trump started that media corporation, and which is also both. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise anyone to invest in it because I think it's a pump and dump scam. But uh, there was that D. What the hell was the name of the company? It started off like eight bucks and it hit fifty dollars, and then they just sucked it on it. Because we're not taking any more trades on this on this ticker, and then the next day everything started falling apart. I, I think it's um. They had fans out here where people would message you on WhatsApp and say, oh, I have this tip, I have this tip, I have this tip, and they're trying to get you to invest in certain stocks. And these people bought these things, like, six months ago, when they were pennies on the dollar. And you're getting in at, like, ten times the price. And they're getting all these people to drive up the price, and then they sell before it even hits the peak, right? They'll sell maybe, like, a couple days before the peak, because they've already made so much money because they're getting all of these, these you know, dolts to, to pump the price up. Now, this could be the exact same thing happening with GameStop, right? You have no idea who has what invested in this and what they're trying to do. And you could have guys who bought it in expensive and trying to get out at a reasonable level, or they bought it in cheap and they're still holding, and they just want to push it up and sell now. So they'll, they'll spread anything they want, right? You have to do your own due diligence. 
and what you're doing is the right call. That, that's all there is in investing. And you just got to have your own, your own homework. Don't buy into quick, quick money because, of course, some people got lucky. Yeah, I mean... I think at the end of the day, it's like the it's the casino, right? The casino always wins, and Wall Street always wins. You know, I mean, we saw it even with the GFC when basically um, the government essentially nationalised everything, you know, and just bought them out. And you know, the more that I read into what was done during that time, the fact that none of them went to prison was just frankly a fucking disgrace you know we're talking about the three strikes you're out with a guy selling a bit of weed like these guys are literally bankrupting whole country they literally bankrupt iceland you know or they took pardon that took pardon in the greed and everything like that they bankrupted middle america you know and how much prison time they do and now they're back at it again earning even more millions so so for me i think it's just really I don't know, because the more also that I study it, and I have a finance degree, right? I mean, I literally have a commerce degree majoring in finance, uh, and having sort of business, been a business my whole life, it, you really do realise that, it, frankly, it's bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, you'll sit down and you'll study for three years doing finance, and you go through all the different, like, cap M's and systematic risk and this is how you do annuities and this is how you price in, you know, IR internal rates of return and all that sort of shit, right? And then it comes down to there's this little bit in the formula which is uh, essentially human in interpretation or like punters on Reddit with uh, GameStop and it fucks the whole entire thing up. So your formulas all of a sudden become redundant because you can't predict human behaviour. And when you sit down over the couple of bevies with all these Goldman Sachs guys and, you know, because in, in our profession, right, we come across bankers because they're involved in obviously international trade. You know, ask the majority of them on the side, like, you know, what formulas and programs and everything you use. And they'll say, well, we use X, Y, Z. But in all honesty, it's just gut feeling, you know. And it's like when you're gambling with other people's money, they just, they just sort of don't really care. Now... One of the things going to tra change it up a little bit. I'm going to actually sit down and watch it tonight, right? But there's a show called Twitter Swindler on Netflix at the moment, and it's about this um, Israeli guy Simon Leviev, uh, who basically <laughs> pretended to be the son of a billionaire, uh, and obviously on Instagram and Tinder had, you know, the pictures of the lavish lifestyle and everything like that um, and sort of held up appearances. And he managed, uh, through Tinder and everything else, to uh, essentially uh, swindle women out of their money. For about $10 million, he got them. So uh, I guess, like I said, we can discuss it later on once we've both watched the program. But as a general topic of discussion, if it was the other way around, right, and this bloke got <laughs> swindled by women, so he was giving the women all his money, would there be the same uh, outcry, do you think? No, it's because it's so um, embarrassing to have a guy swindle money that much money. Usually it's women... Like uh, running the, 
oh, oh, I love you scams and all those things online or on those chat services and guys send the money and this is something that is depressing and wouldn't be as fun to watch, right? But if you watch something where it's guys, it's like uh, he's, he's such in a minority of these I think that's why they made a series on it because it's a lot of money for the thousands of women who spend like a hundred bucks out of, out of the guys. And then it just said, I'm going to even out these numbers a little bit. And uh, made one dude made it a level playing field, I think. But I think the women scamming guys is a, I mean, that's been around for ages. It's it's by the. I actually want to watch it because it's by the same people that did that. Um, the don't fuck with cat lovers or don't fuck with cats. Did you see that series? Yeah, that was so good. That was nice. I like that. I actually didn't know the story of that when I watched it. So when when it took that turn, but you also just oh damn, this is. I love how it was just like so the people that don't know the story basically what happened was there's um, on the internet uh, there's a huge following of people that love cats and like cat pictures and cat memes and everything like that so it's not like you know one or two people sitting at home it's this huge network throughout the world of people that are just you know they're just cat people right hats off to them and so what happened was they they saw this person that was torturing and killing cats, and he later on became a psycho. And I think he ended up killing someone for real, real, as well. Uh, and it was just these two individual punters in suburban America that basically they kind of dedicated their life to finding the guy and investigated it themselves. But what was even more amazing was how much information your general Joe Blow can find about people. Just by, just by researching the internet. So yeah, all right. Well, let's. I guess we'll watch the program, mate, and uh, and see see what happens. So, what else is that? What else is news in in your world that you want to talk about, matey? In my world, um, anything you want to vent about or talk about? I think the only good thing we have now is the. Um, I guess some good news is if you look at Europe. Everything's opening up again. Everything's opening up again. So it's nice. So maybe, hopefully, knock on wood, no jinxing anything. We're finally in a position where we'll see things start opening up, uh, opening up more. I think France even said that they're going to start removing restrictions as well. So it's um, it's 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 a good feeling, right? I, I hope it. I hope that sentiment permeates the rest of us out here, um, so we can start going back to having a semi-normal life. You know, a lot of countries in the past week have gotten rid of all their restrictions or are saying they're going to get rid of more restrictions or ease restrictions. Even Israel. Israel's easing restrictions. So it's, um, hopefully we're finally somewhere where we can kind of move on. How's Australia doing? Is it still bad or are they kind of chilling out too? I know West Australia is still bad, but what about, what about your, your zone of operation? In Melbourne, um, I think it's... Uh... Because Melbourne was the longest uh, city in lockdown in the world, that it's um, people are isolating because the cases here have been so crazy. So it's like the government's not enforcing it. People just have such Stockholm syndrome that they're they're doing it. I mean, for me, I'm I'm 
not really out and about, but my, my thing is because um, I work at home. So I have my own place, obviously, but then I work out, out of my mum and dad's place who are like, my mum's well, both are well into the 70s now. So for me, it's more of a self-regulation that, you know, I don't want to just go out, go out like partying like a beater and kind of bring it back into the family home. Um, but yeah, I, I would probably say that um, people within their early 20s are just, I've, I've had two years, I haven't been able to go out and live my life and, you know, fuck it. And then, but I would say a lot of people probably from like mid thirties up to whatever age are still just like, yo, I'm, I'm kind of just going to sit this one out. And I think that the society now has changed that, um, the most that people kind of do, maybe, maybe go to a restaurant. Um, but now the problem is, interesting enough, is that there's no government support anymore. And a lot of the businesses are suffering more because, like I said, people are like self-regulating themselves and not going out and doing things that uh, the businesses aren't getting support anymore. So they're losing like an absolute shit ton of money. So I actually, um, I actually for the first time went out for a while uh, last week for like, because I hadn't seen a client of mine for two and a half years. And the first time I went to the city and um, ironically got a bit sick was weird. I didn't get, I don't have COVID like touch wood, but I've been out with some like weird sore throat headache thing, but the antigen intestines are coming up negative all week from it in the earache and whatever. But that aside, like there was, if the Australian Open wasn't on, there was no one in the city. Bro, no one. Like it was just so weird. Like, so yeah, I think it's, uh, oh, hang on a sec. I've got some interesting news. Florida home to be sold in Noble non-fungible token deal a home along florida's gulf coast will be auctioned off in the upcoming weeks as a non-fungible token and what is believed to be among the first transaction in the u.s what do you reckon about that is that going to be more off i think these non-fungible token things are fucking ponzi scheme mate what do you reckon i don't know enough about it but i want to understand these things as well I Some new, safe, approved way of using 
cryptocurrency, and they're going to crack. I think China's already done so. I think they've already cracked down on cryptocurrency. Singapore's already saying, oh, we're going to put restrictions on buying and selling crypto because they think it's a scam. Whether or not it's a scam, it doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that you're trying to go out of a system which has been put in place, and they're not going to let you do it. And it blows my mind that people are so removed from reality that they think that they can escape from this. You, you gave away the majority of your freedoms over COVID. You let them do whatever they wanted to you. And now all of a sudden you think that you can make away from the financial system, which is arguably more important to them than some fucking virus. Get real. Come on. Like Not just that. The Australia has a trillion dollars of debt for the government. You think they're just going to fucking handball that off? Just like, oh, she'll be right, mate. No worries. Yeah, just go your life in a separate financial system so we can't pay back all of this maniac stuff. And now on top of that, they've got all this climate change. Bro, <laughs> there's actually not enough resources available in this, in the, at current, at today, currently, there's not enough resources for all the climate change they want to do. And they're talking about like $20 trillion or whatever it is. So now you think you're going to have this rival system going up? I read a little bit more about it. In the case of the four-bedroom home in Gulfport, Florida, a California-based real estate technology company, Property, will mint the property rights into a digital token and host an online auction with bids starting at 650000 Bro, it's nearly a million dollars Aussie. It's, it's just fucking mental. It really is just, the whole thing is just completely nuts. I just don't understand. I don't understand people. I don't understand it. Is it, is it the fact that you and I, are, we're like, do we, are we brought up differently or do we read different books? I mean, how do the, because it's the large majority that caught up in this mania, right? How do they not see it? How does a common man in the street just not get it? My friend, mom mentality, right? Constantly talking about it. It's all, especially young people. It's all over social media. All these Bitcoin millionaires, billionaires, and they and they buy into all this stuff, but they have no conception of reality. You want to know how you're going to be treated if you don't go into their financial system? Look at what's happening to unvaccinated in a bunch of countries. That's how they're going to freaking treat you if you don't get in line. They're not going to put up with this. And who are you to say no now? What, now all of a sudden you care about your freedoms? It's fucking ridiculous. Left with garbage which you can't do anything with. And it's not their fault, right? It's going to be the government's fault. They're for sure as hell going to mandate to regulate that. And then anybody can oh yeah, but it's off the grid. What are you going to use it for? All these people are going to start to run little little safe community where Bitcoin and then NFTs and all this stuff is going to be the currency that they both each other? No, because you can't buy food with it. You think a supermarket can go in and buy food with that crap? The government says, no, this is the only electronic currency you're allowed to use. This is the only thing you're allowed to use. It's going to become worthless junk. At least, like, let's say you bought silver or gold or something. At least you can hold on to it. It's there. It's tangible. It's sure. It has zero value. All arbitrary. It's no different than, say, the US dollar nowadays, right? It, it's a fiat currency, but at least you can hold the dollar. And most people take the dollar as accepted currency. Bitcoin is some intangible, arbitrary, bad thing that 
people buy into. And you know what? The people who probably got into it early have probably cashed out. They probably cashed for their stuff, and they are they are living the dream. There's no reason to keep. There's no reason to keep it in the Bitcoin. There's absolutely zero incentive to keep the Bitcoin. Oh, but this is what you talk. I was talking to a socialist dude about this, and he he still sees it as like the full rival to the to the uh, World Bank federal system governance. And he reckons that it's it, and then he reckons that the technology is there, and it just it can't go away, and it's the greatest challenge and revolution to the system. Yeah. Has he looked at social? You know, my mum, I was, I was talking to my mum today, speaking of socialism, and she came up with this idea. She said, we should take all these millennial dreamers that want this utopian, you know, socialist paradise, because they're all, she sees them as all a bunch of lefties. And she said that the government, <laughs> the government should pay for all of them to go to North Korea to work for one to two years give Kim Jong-un a couple of US dollars and just tell him, yeah, you know what, just do whatever you want. Um, and they get shot if they do any anti-revolutionary uh, things within North Korea. So she said, yeah, just send all of them, <laughs> send all of them to North Korea for re-education and see how much they love socialist utopia. So stupid. Because of socialism, I agree I think for I think that for the 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 general worker I mean people don't work in factories as much as they used to but for argument's sake your average blue collar worker I can kind of see the appeal because yes you get paid whether you're standing up or whether you're sitting down you get given a house you get given some food you get given some money you literally don't have to worry about productivity right I mean, that's the down, the downfall of communism, socialism, is the fact that because everything's run by the government, no one needs to work because there's no incentive for them to be productive. And then on top of that, because this, it's the government, everyone ends up just stealing from the government and bribing everyone. So, but I can see the appeal for the general, to the general working class that it's like, bro, you just get money for jam, mate. You know what I mean? Like, Concepts and a lot of non-socialist of, of your most vulnerable 
and, and uh, it makes sense, right? But I'm saying that we're getting back to the Bitcoin thing. Firstly, no socialist government is going to be accepted, accepting of that because they're going to want to control exactly where and what the money is doing. They're not going to let you go and do your own thing or, or put it into something that they can't have. That's done. Right? That's not going to happen. Um, it's fairly happening now in other countries where you can see countries that are more free that they're, they're not a big fan of this. Just, look, no government is perfect and it never will be perfect. But I think there's some that might even have a, that have that have a longer lifespan. That's what I would say. You have a you got a little bit more mileage out of it before things fall to hell. But we, I think last last podcast we talked about Plato and how he said he would set up the perfect government. Even in that, where he was trying to argue that this is the best way to form a city fall apart, grow through the cracks, eventually take over, and the whole thing will collapse. But this is our best bet to keep a peace going for the longest time. That was his opinion. Like that, he's still saying it's going to fall apart, and it's not fall apart because people are naturally uh, they want to break the rules. They will break the rules, and there's people who are corrupt and destroy the system from the inside. And it's just the way it is. And how are you going to find those people? Well, if you're worried, purge, purge. Well, I, don't, I don't want this to happen. So now we have to find all the dissenters. We have to find people who don't follow the rules. Anybody who might not follow the rules, these are the people we have to find. Yeah, exactly what happens in all these communist revolutions. Millions of people start freaking dying because you don't want to toe the line or get in line with what their ideas are. It's not just that, mate. It's the fact that your neighbour has a better set of clothes than you and you just dob them in for being anti-revolutionary, mate. It was like that in socialist Poland. My mum was telling me just people would just disappear left, right and centre. Yeah, it's not, it's not viable. Like I said, like a far farming community or something like that, kind of. Fine. Right. Get away with being. That could be smart, though. Like you can't be socialist and take all of your money from the federal government and say, "Yeah, we're socialist about what we're doing." But if you're and not producing anything, no money coming in. But if you can run your state well, so you have your own economy, this business, and you're collecting taxes, and you say, hey, "We're going to use the health tax, the tax on gasoline, the tax on alcohol, cigarettes, all this stuff, and we're actually going to put it to use." And we're going to have our own people policing us to make sure that we're not, you know, misspending this stuff. I think then it's doable. Then you can help subsidize better, you know, local health care and things like that, or, or pay doctors a salary to look at people for free. And, and there's things you there's things you can do um, to help in that case. And of course, you would hope the federal government would help in terms of negotiating pharmaceutical companies and trying to get people blind. But on a on a local level, it's possible. Yes. How should be done? State, state level is possible. As soon as you go to feds, it's too big, mate. Uh, well, I think we'll uh, we'll finish it on a more quirky and lighter note. Um, now, for, uh, shout out to the Lavsky because he's a noggy, right? And Annalisa, my work mum in, in my former, when I was working in Melbourne 1.0. Uh, Norwegians are very good people. Like him, like him. Very rich, right? Discovered oil and I forgot when it was. But have got like this unbelievable sovereign fund. Population's not that big. They're cashed up, right? However, however, conscripts in Norway have been ordered to return their underwear, bras, and socks after the end of their military service, so the next group of recruits can use them. So I use the underwear. 
after three years of service or whatever it is, or a year of service, I hand my underwear in, they do a quick wash, and then they they uh, they give it to the next person. You come along and you wear my old jocks. About why? What was the reason for this? Because the A challenging stockpile situation. This move is necessary as it provides the armed forces with greater garment volumes available for newer soldiers starting their initial service. Challenging stockpile situation? You fucking kidding me? How hard is it to get underwear? What challenge is there? My friend, I've been trying to get a PS5. A PS5? There's probably some semiconductor shit in there, bro. I mean, like, you can't get a bit of cloth. To throw over your 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 nong or your your entry level? Oh, I don't know. God, this is so weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Buy everywhere, I guess. I'm against it. I'm against. You know what? Let's 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 let's. let's... What, what if they dipped it in bleach? They dipped it in bleach and then washed it four times and then pounded it with a meat hammer. <laughs> Well, look, I, I, I'm going to say, what is it? It's 8,000 young men and women, right? Now, I reckon you can get underwear for about 10 bucks each. It, it's probably it, right? So you're looking at, you're only looking at 80 grand a year. It's not that much. You, they've got billions of dollars in the sovereign wealth fund. What's 80,000 bucks for a bit of fresh jocks? And, uh, they got to pay off their yachts. <laughs> I would do that. Can I go and pocket some of that? Yeah, I'll do that. I wouldn't do it because the company that I work for has made me sign a like, contractual agreement that I won't. And I wouldn't do it because um, we're in a capitalist society, right? But uh, we're a communist, bro. I'm going to be open. If we go to communism, I'm bribing everyone. <laughs> I'm bribing everyone, bro. Everyone. Bartering, bribing, mate. I'll be slipping black brown paper bags to every single person under the sun to get aired, mate. I thought what they would do is they wouldn't say anything and they would just give them the old underwear. And then it would come out like a month later like, Oh, they're giving us the underwear that the previous guys used. It's disgraceful. And then there's a little bit of some heat for them for three days and then nobody cares anymore. Ironically, I think that it's come out of Denmark. So I think the Danes are having a bit of a stab. <laughs> Noggies, Copenhagen, Denmark, AP, <laughs> conscripts in Norway. You know what would probably happen? A little bit of news thing would come out. People would say, oh, that's disgusting. People stop bringing their own underwear. They just save money on underwear. Oh. That's thinking. That's thinking. I, I, I see their plan. I just feel if you're asking me to lay down my life and kill people, the least you can do is give me a fresh pair of underwear as I'm just, you know, man in a machine gun launching into enemies. It's not that much to ask. Fresh pair of jocks and socks that I'm, uh, you know... I'm breaking one of the commandments for you. You don't need it. Where is one? Go command them. What is underwear? You don't need underwear. Don't give me a uniform. 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 Give me a uniform.
No, no, I want clean underwear as I'm sniping people from a kilometre out. Yep, absolutely. Because you're lying there for so long, you, you don't want to start getting, you know, uncomfortable. You want it just to be nice there. And Egyptian cotton, bro. Mate, if I was wearing Egyptian cotton jocks, I'd be pinging off people from two kilometres out. It's not uncomfortable. It's not I sleep nude, but and only like obviously swimming. You go swimming, you go commando. But no, I haven't actually gone commando walking around before. Let's, let's swing out for a little bit. You know what? Come next weekend, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try going to commando before our next talk and let you know how it goes. Yeah, it's fine. You're the nose, huh? and anything is quite liberating. Why do you think they have nude beaches? Because people want to go full-on commander. Okay, so now we're on the topic. Have you ever done a nudie run? Bro, did I ever tell you about the time that I nearly did it? Did I tell you about the time I nearly did a nudie run? Nah, well, you do a couple when you're kind of down at the beach with chicks and you're running around the beach into the ocean and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> at the time, at the time, I thought that was I was really into it and then... <laughs> When it started running around with a massive erection, I felt uncomfortable and I didn't want to do it anymore. The man was jousting something. I don't even know what was running around with a big erection. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was so hard and throbbing, I felt. Um, actually, that's not true. I did. I went to once. I went to the beach once. Oh shit! <laughs> so I jumped in the water. Because I didn't have 
parents walk by with their kids, I am screwed. Call <laughs> <laughs> the police. They're like, there's this prayer right here on top of this inflatable mountain <laughs> for this junk out. Yeah, it was like those. It was like those poor bastards who were drunk and then they go pee, but they pee near a playground and they don't realize it's near a playground and then they get put on the sex offenders list. And it, and which isn't fair, by the way. That is not fair. Not fair. The man had to take it with. So I, I jumped in quick and, and threw on my uh, threw on my shorts in my back. But yeah. So I guess that could possibly count. Skinny dipping. I had a time where I was in. Um the Serengeti in Ten Tanzania, and I'm in the, like, bro, I'm in the fucking uh, middle of, like, nowhere. Like, literally, they have to have guards patrolling around your place with, um, like, full-on guns because there's lions and everything like that, right? And um, I was drinking what's called kunyagi, which is kind of like, it's supposedly meant to be like a tequila, but it's basically a local moonshine. So I was drinking that, and um, the music and everything got over me. So I've just got up amongst my peers, and I've just started yelling, No, they run! So I'm throwing everything off, charging to the door, and I'm just about to get to the door as I'm throwing off my fucking jocks. And my buddy comes out of the fucking bathroom and spear tackles me <laughs> like it's a fucking NFL and I'm the receiver into the wall. And I'm like, I was like, bro, get off me. That's nerdy run. And he's like, you crazy fucking white boy. He said, there's lions out there, mate. You're going to run into the middle of the Serengeti and get eaten alive. <laughs> It's kind of funny though, yeah. Yeah, hyenas are fucking nasty pieces of work, bro. I think they're cool animals. They're actually one of my favorite animals. They're smart. No, hyenas actually will imitate the sounds of other animals. They'll leave the herd. Like they're that, they're that clever. And they listen to what, you know, the sounds like something and they'll try to imitate it. They're very smart. terrifying. I find I find it cool, but I don't think you ever have a second thought about it. If they see you alone and they hit it, they're like, How would you even say that at the eulogy? He was. He, he, he and, and he died getting mauled by a tiger, drunk of Konyagi, doing a nudie run. I'll only say if you wanted to. That's it. <laughs> I tell you what, bro. If I make it to ninety years old, I think I might just do it <laughs> just just to get a good reception at the funeral. Mate, you'd probably smoke some psychedelic with an Amazonian tribe and a decuya. Alright, Broski, on that note, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. And um, till next week, matey. Yeah, man. Let's, uh, catch up.
All right, buddy. You too, mate. See ya.